Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. The following program is sponsored by Dan Witham, LPL Financial. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. The opinions represented during this show may not necessarily represent those of KRMG or Cox Media Group. Your host is Dan Witham, a financial advisor with offices at 8516 East 101st Street, Suite C in Tulsa. His office phone number is 918-398-8387. Dan is a branch manager with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Now here's Money Talk on News 1023 and AM 740 KRMG. And good Sunday morning, everybody. My name's Russell Mills. And you are listening to Money Talk in the studio with me, Mr. Dan Witham. And back from his journeys abroad, Mr. Steve Money. If you got questions today, you can text us at 95920. And my first question for Dan each and every week is, Dan, what book are we giving away today? Thank you, Russell. We have a great book today. It's called The Little Book of Stock Market Profits. The best strategies of all time made even Better, And this is by Mitch Zacks, who is the head of Zacks Investment Research, which is a software and research firm that I'm very familiar with. And they publish some investment software that's well known to people in my business, at least. And in this uh, book, the little book of stock market profits, he identifies some of the strategies that work well and some that don't, of course. And then he tells you how you can essentially tweak the strategies to improve their performance. And he also says use them in combination to get a multi-factor approach kind of like polymorphic polymorphic Poly- yeah. <laughs> we've learned much more about polymorphic okay so how do That's folks right. get the book so we'll send you a free copy of this book plus we'll send you information on our new momentum strategies which the uh, tests show results of over 30 percent a year for the last 10 years and we put some people into it recently it's done extremely well by the way and i'm very pleased with it it's all free if you want a copy of the book the information just give me a call at 918-398-8387 918 918- 398-8387. Just leave us your name and your address when you get our voicemail, and we will send that information out to you. It is uh, no cost. It's absolutely free, no cost, no obligation whatsoever. And you look like you want, you have a question for I was going to say, well, you said he talks about strategies to work and strategies that don't work. And, right. I, and you know, we, we don't usually talk about that aspect of it. Like, we, we talk about the plans that do, but sometimes... Yes. Except for the old, what, what do you call it, buy and hold? Yes, buy and hold, yeah, buy and which hold, is buy not and your die, favorite. You know. Right. Well, we're going to talk about one today and about okay. how traditional asset allocation is like an illness. So we're going to discuss that later in the show today. So that is a strategy that I don't think works very well. And we'll, we'll go into that a little bit later, though. But that's a good point you bring up, that we don't discuss the ones that don't work so well. But didn't, uh, I think Jim Stovall wrote a book, and it was about a book of failures. And it was people that had failed. And, right. and of course, it has a happy ending because they always do. But but it'd be funny to kind of have a book of failed investment strategies. Probably the first chapter would be annuities. Here's what but not to do. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be a long no. book. It's, yeah. it's going to be a thick book. Um, yeah, send me $14.99. I'll show you how not to get scammed, you know, kind of a deal. Yeah, there's, there's lots of things that I've seen. We had one the other day, uh, JC, 
came to me about, and he's a, a broker in my office right. that, that works We've with me. We've had him on the show. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he came to me with somebody called him up and wanted to buy, wanted to sell the stocks before they go ex-dividend and buy them back after they go ex-dividend. So <laughs> the, the problem. Oh, my gosh. The, the, you're looking at me with a quizzical look. The problem is it doesn't work. It's yeah, a failed strategy. Let's, let's, let's sell them before the profit. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll and buy, buy them back after, after, after the profit's been paid out. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. What they were going to do was yeah, sell it before it goes ex-dividend. Ex-dividend date in, in our world is the date that you have to own the stock on to receive the dividend. So when a stock goes ex-dividend, if Steve owns that stock today, he gets the dividend. If he sells it the day before, he doesn't get the dividend. So he wanted to sell them on the day they go ex-dividend and buy them back the next day. The problem is the next day they're reduced by the exact amount of the dividend. Imagine that. Yeah, but you get a dividend in the meantime and then you get taxed on it. So you just created a taxable event for yourself and increase your trading costs by selling it and then buying it back again. So okay. it's a lose-lose. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a situation <laughs> it's, it's that you cannot win lose. with. Yeah. Okay, so, so another failed strategy, because this just popped up again for the umpteenth time, the, the old let's buy denarii. Oh, Oh, dear. I Don't sh- get me I started. Sh- <laughs> I swear I was in a group of highly intelligent people, maybe all but one, and they were talking about that and just how great that's going to be. Right now they're talking about which one of us do you think he meant? Yeah. But, okay, Denari, it's, is that it's like a some scam. kind of Italian sports car? It's what a is scam. That? It's Iran or Iraq. Which one is it? The currency yeah, of one of the two countries. Oh, Denari, talking about the, yeah. the currency. Yes, they're the they're going to change their currency. Well, yeah. what they said was that years ago they, they reissued the dinar based on the old currency and they reissued a new currency and that people who had the old dinar, let's say the that one, $1 was worth 1,000 dinar, let's yeah. just say, when they, when they made the exchange because they become inflated and depreciated in value okay the dinar had so they said when they issued if you had the old dinar when they issued the new dinar you'd get you know x amount of you'd have x amount of dollars worth basically because they pegged it to say a dollar one dinar to the dollar so they tried to say that their thousand dinar were now worth a thousand dollars the problem was when they do this they declare the old currency worthless (laughs) Oh, other it's not, than that. It's not valid anymore. Yeah, there's a flying the ointment there. Uh, so what you got is some really kind of ugly wallpaper. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That, I can think of a better term for it. But, um, I was it's, trying to be it's useless. Clear. Yeah, it's very useless. And the strategy just hasn't worked. But the people that are selling the scam try to get people to do it. And I'm not sure why people are so gullible. People are greedy. People will fall for something that they think is going to get them rich quick. That's just human nature. And so these people tried to say that the military guys in the military did it that were overseas, and they tried to say, give them all these examples of people that did it. The problem is they didn't do it because you can't do it because they declare the currency <laughs> worthless. And once they do that, your old dinar are worth zero. I mean, it doesn't matter what the exchange rate is for the new dinar. They're still worth zero. And it's just a scam that, that preys upon people who don't understand how currencies work and how the markets work and things like that. And there's lots of different scams out there. There's always been different scams. We had one that uh, where a gentleman called up the office uh, a few years ago and, and talked to, I think it was JC about it, said that there was a special code that you could type in when you buy an option. When you go to, when we go to purchase an option on the computer, you could type in a special code and it would take money from Steve Jobs' bank account and put it in your yeah, account. Yeah. And I'm just going, really? <laughs> yeah. well, first of all, we don't have a code when we put in an option. We put in the, the symbol, the ticker for the option that we're buying and that's it. And there's no special code. We don't have secret codes in our business that we put in. <laughs> you didn't have like a secret decoder <laughs> ring yeah, in no. make money a Power Ranger your, ring or something? They just make money appear in your bank account mysteriously. Yeah. Where'd that money Someone come from? start messaging me on a fake Facebook account. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks ago, and they wanted to tell me about how I could get $50,000 from community development block grants. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, do you know I'm a reporter, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I actually know how community development block grants work, and you kind of have to be a community. Well, and you kind of have to write the uh, 
oh, and you request have to apply for the grant. For the grant. Yeah, you have to apply right. for the grant. Yeah, I'm you, sure that's not an easy task. They're not just handing out money. Right. Right. I saw it on Shocking. Facebook a while back, and it was like how sad it was that some Nigerian guy died, and he had $4 billion in cash oh, yeah. in his garage that nobody had ever claimed. Because right. <laughs> Nigeria <laughs> because, is just rolling know, in billions yeah, of dollars of unclaimed right. money. Yeah. Send us 100 we'll send you 10000 So yeah. I always tell people, and you know, I had a lady who was a senior citizen who's a client of mine call me a few months back that said that uh, the, this gentleman said he was with Capital One. That You remember we talked about this, that mm-hmm. they had called her and said she'd won a bunch of money from a casino in Vegas or something. Mm-hmm. They were give, trying to give her a bunch of money. But she had to send them four $4,000 for the taxes or something yeah, like that right. to get her $200,000 or whatever it was they were going to give her. And fortunately, I caught this as we were uh, before she got the money sent over to them and called her and asked her about it. And she told me what had happened and, and everything. And we averted her getting ripped off, quite frankly, because I looked up the address of this gentleman with Capital One, and it was a... Uh, not very nice apartment complex in, in like in Maryland or Virginia, somewhere up there on the East Coast. And it had nothing to do with Capital One. It right. was <laughs> your it, capital, her capital. It was his capital, is what yeah. it was. About to become his capital, and it was just a scam. And he he called her up and said that this was money was coming from Walgreens and CBS, and that these companies like to give away money. But why would they do it through a casino? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why would you involve you know wind casinos or, or resorts or whoever it is? You People know? will take fake calls from the you know fake IRS and go right. buy Target gift cards to pay off the taxes they supposedly owe. It's like, how does that even compute? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Either. Like child, please come on. So I don't think the IRS takes iTunes cards, do they? I'm pretty sure they don't. No, I, I wouldn't, I'm I wouldn't. also pretty sure they don't call you and tell you to go down to Target and buy a gift card. <laughs> I know one guy that doesn't take them for sure. You know? <laughs> Anyhow, we talk a lot about inflation here on the show. I thought I'd look at the real numbers, what they are so far this year. They're not so bad. They're right between 2 and 3%. You know, we always just estimate about want 2 it. and 3. Uh, 2.5 on the consumer price index for April, 1.6 above the March number. Wholesale inflation fell to 2.6 from 3.0. So we're staying in the 2.5 range, which is right about the sweet spot of where, where the Fed wants it to be. Now, the Fed is raising rates, and they've been raising rates. They're going to continue to do this, I think, because the economy is, is doing pretty well. Unemployment's dropped to 3.8. Uh, interest rates are starting to creep up on mortgages, especially. We're seeing the, uh, I think it was the arm rate at 3.95, and the adjustable, or excuse me, that's the adjustable rate. The fixed rate, the 15-year fixed rate is about 4.06 last time on, on according to my numbers. So right now it makes a lot of sense to go with the fixed rate because you can. I can promise you that in a couple of years the arm rate's going to be a, a good bit above where the fixed rate is right now, the 4.06. The Fed, Fed's expected to meet... What, this summer? And yeah, they meet several bump times, it up yes. Again, They'll so. keep bumping it gradually, probably, is what they will do. I would anticipate they will. As long as the economy continues to do well like it has been, they're going to keep raising rates. They almost have no choice. They, they have to to stave off inflation. They like inflation in the 2.5% you know, range. That's perfect for them. And then unemployment is about as low as they want it to go. They don't want it to go much lower. In fact, we're starting to see wage pressure. That's exactly what will happen, yes. We can can talk a little bit more about that. But I know you've got a lot of other stuff you want to chat about, but we got to take a quick time out. Remember, if you'd like a free copy of today's book, The Little Book of Stock Market Profits, well, call Dan's office at 918-398-8387. Do be sure and leave your name and address so they know where to send that book. 918-398-8387. And we'll go to break, listen to some Archies with Money Talk on News 1023 KRMG. Me, that's who. (laughs) Welcome back to Money Talk here on News 1023 and AM 740 KRMG. What show was it? Kojak. 
Remember Kojak? Telly yep. Savalas? Telly Savalas. Yeah, baby. I love that show. Coming up here in about eight minutes, your top stories, the KRMG 24-hour Fox News Center and your forecast from Fox 23. Hot out there today. If you're going out to Tulsa Tough, you're going to hang around Crybaby Hill for the big party, please, please, please hydrate. Lots and lots of water. Before, during, after. Okay? Coming up next hour, Fox News Sunday. If you got questions for us today, you can text us at 95920. And meanwhile, Dan's got a book you need to read. Our host, Mr. Dan with That's right. I have a book. It's called The Little Book of Stock Market Profits, The Best Strategy of all time made even better you can get a free copy of it and information on our new momentum strategies we're going to talk about right now where the tests show results of over 30 percent a year for the last 10 years steve with no down years that's not too bad yeah in fact the it hasn't had any single digit years in that period wow well so that's what the tests show i'd say that's a pretty good strategy i put some clients into it and they're quite happy with it i can tell you i'm going to talk about how Wall Street doesn't get a few things. I want to talk about, oh, I should tell them where to call for the book. Shouldn't there I? is that. I, I was going to ask. Sorry. But, the no. number for the book and the momentum strategy <laughs> is, uh, information is 918-398-8387. That's 918-398-8387. Just leave us your name, excuse me, and, our, and your address when you get our voicemail, and we will send that information in the book out to you absolutely free, no cost and no obligation whatsoever. Anyhow. Back to the momentum stuff that I was talking about. Last year was a pretty good year for the market. 2017, I'm referring to. banner year for the market. Yes. Large cap growth was up 25% last year. Large cap being the really big companies with lots of capital, thus the large cap. So small cap value, however, was only up 5%. So which one would you rather have owned, Russell? 28% on the large cap growth or 5% on the small cap value? This is math even I can do. (laughs) I'm going to go with 28%. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. So you think that's better than 5%? I'm thinking that's 5.6 times better. Huh? How's that for math? Oh, man, you're just showing off now. Don't don't even even get me thinking about that. Okay. Okay. Anyhow. Uh, I grew up in Muskogee. I can't do that stuff. That's right. That's pretty good. I thought you didn't do math on the air, but that's pretty good. Um, So there were winners and losers last year. Large cap growth was a winner. Small cap value was not a winner. So if you took all the asset classes for last year and you ranked them, let's say at the beginning of the year, and at the beginning of the year, it said large cap growth is the one you want to buy. And you bought that, you would have done very well last year. You would have beaten the market, as a matter of fact, which is about 19% is where the S&P came in. Here, here's, what do you think would be a good rate of return for, say, a venture capitalist? It entirely depends upon their investment methodology and what they're but investing in. But a rule in. of thumb. I, I, it's a trick question. I have a number that I've always heard. So I don't Okay. Know, but venture capital, higher risk, you know, maybe 15, maybe. Okay. But because I will always tell people twenty to twenty five percent venture capitalists want twenty to twenty five percent. Right, you're probably right, and, and yeah. that's risky yes. stuff. And what you're describing though is large cap companies did venture capital range returns. Right, that is impressive. Yes, it was. It was a good, very good year for large cap growth. It was an excellent year, and those were they were the drivers of the market. And that's a big reason why the S and P showed a return of nineteen percent because the S and P is heavily weighted toward large cap growth companies which is somewhat deceiving. And because, the Dow is nothing but right. the 30 of the biggest. Right? Large cap companies, yeah. absolutely. And so the numbers can be a little bit deceiving. But the reason I say this is there are winners and losers on the list. And this is what we do with our momentum strategies. We tank one of the, one of the groups that we buy. We have eight groups of uh, exchange-traded funds that we buy from on the list. And each, each of the eight groups has 10 exchange-traded funds in their list. And it buys the top one on the list. One of those is asset classes. 
Okay, so every month we rank all the asset classes, Steve, and we yeah. want to own the large cap growth in, in this case uh, in 2017. We want to own that because, as you can see, your return is vastly different than if you had picked small cap value. But what does Wall Street tell you to do? Wall Street tells you to buy them all, to buy all 10, right? right. That, that's traditional asset allocation. That's what Wall Street says to do is buy all 10. We're going to not treat the problem, not treat the illness. We're going to treat the symptom. Does that make sense, Steve, what yep. I'm saying? We're going to dilute your results by making you buy everything. And if you buy everything, you'll have the winners and the losers. So you're kind of hedging your bet in a way. Right. But Wall Street wants you to do but, it that way. I don't think it's the best way to do it. No. So we use our momentum strategy. We have eight lists of 10 exchange-traded funds each. Every month, the software using this polymorphic momentum tells us which one to buy at the beginning of the month, the top one on the list, what it thinks is going to be the top performer going forward. Of course, it doesn't know, but it's basing it on recent performance of the list and the securities on the list, the exchange-traded funds, which are essentially index funds, if you will, sort of like index funds. And so it gives us a list of eight securities to buy every month. It also has a methodology for exiting the market in a down market. And the difference between this and traditional asset allocation is, Steve, if you have somebody that has a sinus infection, I can tell you I've had many of them in my life, more than I care to remember. Some of the symptoms they get are like a cough, a runny yeah. nose, headaches, right? right. So right. those are some of the symptoms. Wall Street treats the symptoms. They give you some cough syrup, some uh, nasal stuff, you know, afrin or That's whatever right. it might be. And they give you some Sudafed until you go home and enjoy it. So <laughs> Unless uh, you're on the meth registry, then well, you don't yeah, get the Sudafed. Right, you know. they give you something else. But we're a little bit different. We, we would rather treat the illness itself. So we'd rather give you some antibiotics and tell you to go home and try right. to get well. And that's kind of what our momentum strategy is about, is we don't want to buy crap. We don't want garbage in our portfolios. Wall Street tells you, we know this is garbage, 20%. Put 20% in this garbage, put 20% in this garbage, and put 20% over here. And this one will do mediocre, and one of your holdings will do maybe do well. Yeah. You know, and uh, so we want you to buy all of them and hold them and not trade them because that's easier for Wall Street. They don't have to do anything. And we can just sit there and collect your fees. I was going to ask, what is what is their motive for tell, telling people, ah, just buy everything. It'll 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 work out. Well, it's it's a it's the easy way to do it. It's lazy. But B, it's also a lot less work and they perceive it as having less risk. I perceive it as having more risk because if you intentionally buy an underperforming asset, you're not going to perform well. Right. Uh, I mean, it's, that's why it's called <laughs> underperforming to begin with. You know, if you buy buy a Porsche and a Pinto, right, that's still not a good deal. Who do you, you think is going to win the race? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That, I mean, you can, you uh, can not, probably. Not the Pinto, yeah. And you're going to end up driving the Porsche probably most of the time, right? Hey, I have to ask, Erica, yes. do, do you know what a Pinto is? Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> See, I thought you were too young for that. Okay, you, you got okay. me. Well, anyhow, yeah, Wall Street wants you to buy the Porsche and the Pinto together and drive them every other day. Just alternate which one you drive. <laughs> Average out your uh, yeah. uh, miles per gallon. That's on right, that. and drive the Pinto and get nervous every time somebody pulls up behind you. <laughs> Someone tailgates you. Start... Make them nervous every yeah. time they pull up near you. Yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna gonna yeah you don't even want to be next to that. My mom's first car was a Pinto. Oh, oh, I learned how to drive a stick on a Pinto. Well, there you go. So there you go. There you go. Pinto See, history. Yeah. Great cars, great American cars in history. <laughs> Congratulations. They were your mother for surviving, by the way. So <laughs> thank so. you. But anyhow, you know, I just think that in this case, we want to buy the Ferrari. We don't want to buy the Pinto. Right. We want to have the leader of the group, whichever one it is. And if next month's a different one, we'll go to that one. But we just want on the leaders. All right. More talk about momentum strategies coming up. But first, a quick reminder, if you'd like a free copy of today's book, The Little Book of Stock Market Profits, call Dan's office at 918-398-8387. More slowly, 398 8387. That's the number for the free book and more information about those momentum strategies. More money talk after the news on News 1023 and AM 740 KRMG.
Sam Cook. Good stuff. Welcome back to Money Talk here on News 1023 and AM 740 KRMG. Coming up in less than half an hour now. Stay tuned for Fox News Sunday. Got it all queued up and ready to go for you. If you got questions for us here on Money Talk today, you can text us at 95920. Our host, of course, Mr. Dan with them, and Dan gives away books. What do we got? That's right. The little book of stock market profits, the best strategies of all time made even better. We'll send you a free copy of this book and the information on our new momentum strategies for which the tests show results of over 30% per year over the last 10 years, doing very well. And uh, we put clients into it a while back, and they're doing extremely well, as a matter of fact, right now. But if you'd like information on that, just give me a call at 918-398-8387, 918-398-8387. Just leave us your name and your address when you get our voicemail, and we will send that information in the book out to you absolutely free. Steve, I'm going to take you back in time a few years. Way, way back machine. 66 years to be exact. All right. 1952. Now, this was 10 years before I was born. This is an election year. Um, Ike. Sounds right. Is running for president. Sounds about right. I'll go with that. I like Ike. Anyhow, Harry Markowitz developed the efficient frontier in that year. He later won the Nobel Prize. Many years later, he got the Nobel Prize for this idea. of well, This is where traditional asset allocation comes from that Wall Street uses. What it is is a, a funny-looking curve that says if you put X amount into large-cap stocks, X amount in small-cap value, whatever it might be, and blend all these things together, this is your optimal portfolio. For every degree of risk that you want to take on in terms of standard deviation is how they were measuring it, for every degree of risk, there is an optimal portfolio that exists, and this is what it is, and that's what the curve basically designed that he designed does. And it looks like basically it keys off the correlation between the assets. So if you have some oil stocks, you would want to have some utility stocks or some healthcare stocks, which are non-correlated. And Wall Street basically for the next 50 or 60 years, and it's still designing portfolios around this concept today. So it's, it obviously was a revolutionary concept. When he, when he developed it, it was. There's no doubt about that. <clears throat> the problem is... The correlations were based on 50 years of historical data, roughly, let's just say. Do you think that the correlations change at all, Steve, between assets, like between oil and technology stocks? Do you think correlations ever change? Uh, it's all right. You got 50 50 shot. Here. It's a yes or no. I'll, I'll, say, I'll go with yes. I'll say <laughs> yes for 50. Okay. And really, what technology stocks were there in the. No, that's where I was. That's well, what I was. You had in radio and television and, and telephones, yeah. and I'm, I'm running out. Right. But you had a few. No, because that's about few. what there was. Yeah. I mean, what, Radio, Motorola or somebody? IBM, it, it, Motorola, and National Cash Register. You're going back 50 years. I mean, that's, 60. that's a uh, 60 years. That's, right. a, that's a different world than today. It really so is. things that may have applied then yeah, probably right. don't apply now. But the point is, correlations do change. You got it right, Steve. Congratulations. Well, see, even a blind question. pig finds <laughs> an acorn once in a while. So. You were correct. Correlations do change. And I have software that can tell me the correlation of assets, and it actually can graph them for you. And you can see how they change radically from month to month. Because, for example, one of Dennis Gartman's favorite phrases is, in a down market, correlations go to one. Yeah. We found that out in 2008. Oil stocks and technology stocks are normally not correlated. But in 08, they fell like a rock together at the same time. So the correlation increased greatly in that circumstance. Today, they're probably not highly correlated, but correlations change month to month between assets. They change almost every month, I can tell you, between assets. They change constantly. They do not stay the same. So if you design a portfolio, no matter, based on whatever time and snapshot you have a correlation of between assets, no matter when it might be, a year later, it's not going to be the right portfolio because the correlations will have changed, if that makes sense. They're not going to behave the same way you thought they would. The other problem with this is it's extremely fitting your, it's subject to 
backtesting bias, what we call, you're you're trying to fit the portfolio so that it looked the best over the last 40 years or 50 years. Or 10 Rather years than what it's going to look like you going know, forward. 10 years from right. now. Right. And no matter what it did over the last 10 years, the next 10 years are not going to be the same. The correlations are not going to be the same for the assets. And we know that. We know that going in. It's a certainty. I can tell you it's not, it's not a question of if. It's, it's, you know that that's going to happen. If you study those correlations, that's got to happen. Which it's, is why you, you always have to put that disclaimer on there. Right. That past well, performance is no indication of... Uh, absolutely. And the other thing is, that. you know, if you're basing a portfolio based on what the correlations were for the last 30 or 40 years, it may have nothing to do with, the, with what they look like today or what they're like for the year going forward. The other problem is... <clears throat> If, you, if they have oil, or let's just say they have healthcare stocks in there and they want healthcare in there because they're non correlated to your other stocks in your portfolio. But what if healthcare is the worst performing asset right now? How much would you like, Steve? Not much. <laughs> Not much. What percent of your portfolio do you want to Not grab? much. Is what I'm trying to ask. Like maybe you. zero? Like yeah. maybe zero. But Wall Street says you should put 10 or 20% in it, even though it just may be a performing portfolio, because they're thinking that long term, it may help reduce the volatility of your portfolio. And that may be the case, but it's also going to drag down the performance of your portfolio at the same time, at least short term, if it's the poorest performer, right? Right, right, right. It's bound to underperform your other assets because it is by nature underperforming your other assets. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the poorest performer. <laughs> it wouldn't be. By a, definition. Yeah, your by logic definition. is flawless, sir. <laughs> so so th this book, again, was called what? The New Frontier? The Efficient Frontier. The Efficient was Frontier. was Harry Markowitz's theory, So yes. is it fair to say this is not a book we're going to be giving away anytime soon on Money no, Talk? correct. And it, it's a rather abstract book, I can tell you, because I've read the, and studied the... the and you give away books that people can understand. I try to. Yes, I absolutely try to. So what I'm trying to say here is with our momentum strategy, you know, we have eight lists of securities, of, of funds, eight lists of exchange-traded funds. And each list has 10 exchange-traded funds on it. We only want the winners. We want the ones that are performing now, Steve, not 10 years ago. We don't care who performed 10 years ago. That's history. That's good. That's nice if you want to watch History Channel. We don't care about that. We want, to, we want to have what's doing well today, this month, next month. And if it changes in six months, well, we're going to change with it. We're not going to sit there and hold healthcare while it takes a nosedive yeah. and watch it. And when you call us, say, well, look at the 30-year chart. It's done well over 30 years. That's not very good. So, yeah, much so call me back in 30 years. Yeah, I'll let you know how we did. Yeah, I'll let you know how we did in 30 years. Call me back in 30 years and don't sell your healthcare stocks, by the way. You know, that's like <laughs> Even the, though they're not performing. It's like the Michael Douglas speech in the Wall Street. He talks about uh, the, the buggy whip makers couldn't change with the times. Used to be a good investment. Not so much not now so that much. we have cars. And that's, that's right. really right on point. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, investing, you know, I used to ride with my dad in the car. I told you about it. He had the Wall Street Journal in the car back in yep. the 60s and 70s when I was a kid growing up. Investing back then was buy and hold because they didn't know anything different. And the costs of trading were extremely high back then. Now the costs have come down dramatically. So it's easier to make changes in things. And they didn't have exchange-traded funds back in the 60s either. They didn't even exist until 1994. And so they didn't have these options that we have today to invest in. So things have changed radically. But what really has changed is the mindset and the way we look at things. These portfolios that we have, the momentum portfolios, exist outside of Harry Markowitz's efficient frontier. According to Markowitz, these portfolios did not exist because there are a thing called serial diversification, which is changing the asset you own over time in series, if you think about it in series. Okay, so if you own healthcare stocks today, a year from now you might own technology stocks, a year from after that you might own oil stocks. It might, it's going to change over time. So we're diversifying your portfolio, but we're doing it over time. We're owning different assets at different times. Objectively, well, the object is to own them when they're performing well. All not on them when they're not. Yeah. 
You always want to own the best performing asset. And I can tell you, I look at the list of these assets every month, and there's a radical difference between the top performing asset class and the bottom performing asset class. As we discussed earlier, last year, large cap growth up 28. Small cap value is only up five. Bonds were actually down last year. Bonds didn't even go up last year. And so they're considered a safe investment and conservative investment, but they underperformed everything else for the most part. And so, and that will change this year. It will be somebody else other than large cap growth, most likely. Uh, it looks like small cap is actually doing well this year, as a matter of fact. So in our sectors, in our portfolios, we have sectors in there, which are like industries, technology, utilities, healthcare, things like that is one portfolio. We have one that's asset classes, which is like large cap value, small cap value. We have one that is uh, international, you know, holdings like countries or regions also. And we have one that is bonds. And we have some for that are a collection of all different things. And they can buy any one of which is the best performer. We don't care which is the best performer. We just want to own that one. But ultimately, the point is you have a plan and, and flexibility and buy the best one, which seems intuitively obvious. Right. But a lot of people don't get that, I guess. So as opposed to just making these knee-jerk reactions because somebody at work bought XYZ, you go buy XYZ. No, no, no. Let's have a plan to do this. Right. And most people have trouble with a momentum strategy because they have trouble identifying consistently the leaders in the group. So if you have a list of 10 securities, Steve, a lot of people in a lot of software I've seen has trouble identifying the leader. And that's why I got this new software that I have that does the polymorphic momentum, which it fits the curve to the individual security and adapts to the individual security. And I know you weren't here last week, but Russell and I talked about it. It does over 16 million calculations every month on every single security. Wow. So I think it was what 1.7 billion or 1.3 billion. Yeah, I, think I want to say 1.7, but it was it was a ridiculous month. number yes. per month, and it does it in seconds. About two to three <laughs> seconds, it completes all of them. Yes, I don't do that on a calculator. Well, it ought to get something right. Which means so Dan like has that. a very nice computer. Yes, well, it's good software. Is what he's it is. proud of his computer. I don't know if it's well, symbolic about something. You know, he's got all these screens and stuff. I don't know what that's about, but you know, he, he looks like NASA when you go over there. You that's know. right. We but we want to have software that does the job, and this software I've seen is pretty good at identifying the top performers on the list. Now, it's not going to be perfect, and I've yet to see anything that is, but I can tell you it's been extremely consistent and shown very, very good results on the tests on the models that I'm running. You know, when you're looking at, you know, 30% a year for 10-year period, those are pretty high the returns. pretty outstanding. Yeah, when the S&Ps average 6% a year over the same period. And that exceeds what I think is normal venture capital money, which is about as good as it gets. Right, and the other thing is, these are stock-like returns, similar to stock returns, but without the risk of owning individual stocks. Right which is a huge upside because you're reducing your risk quite a bit by going from stocks to exchange-traded funds or mutual funds because you own each ETF, exchange-traded fund is well over 100 stocks in there. So you have hundreds of stocks. You have a lot less risk and therefore less volatility to your portfolio than individual stocks would have. So again, good good profit margins, low volatility, so you sleep at night. It sounds like a pretty good deal. And people can get information on, in our, on this momentum strategy and... A free book. Yes, sir. It's real simple. All you got to yep. do is call Dan's office. The number is 918-398-8387. That's the number to call for the free book, which this week is the little book of stock market profits. And we've got more money talk after the break on News 1023 KRMG. Killer. I love to name the tunes as we go in and out. That's fun. That's Jerry Lewis right there, my friends. 
Welcome back to Money Talk here on News 1023 AM 740 KRMG. Coming up here in just under nine minutes, your top stories at the KRMG 24-hour Fox News Center. And the forecast, going to be a hot one if you're out there at Tulsa Tough today. Please drink lots and lots of water and have fun. Stay tuned. Next hour, we got Fox News Sunday. Meanwhile, Dan's giving away books. Our host for Money Talk, Mr. Dan, with him. That's right. Thank you, Russell. A little book of stock market profits, the best strategies of all time made even better is the book this week we'll send you a free copy of that book and information on our new momentum strategies that we've been talking about it's all free just give me a call at 918-398-8387 918-398-8387 just leave us your name and your address if you would and we'll send you the book and the information on momentum strategies steve i know you weren't here last week so for your benefit, I'm going to read a quote that I read last week. All right. From Winston Churchill. You, I'm sure you'll know this. Russell knows what I'm talking about here. It was in 1939, October of 1939. So I remember that. War was going on at that point. Just had started yeah. September 1st. September and 1st, so exactly. He said, uh, Winston Churchill said, I cannot forecast to you the action of Russia. It is a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. But perhaps there is a key. Now, that's kind of the way I look at polymorphic momentum is the best way to explain it is it and who doesn't yeah (laughs) it's a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma and that's my thought process on it it is a very complicated algorithm that adjusts based on eight variables every month to each individual security so if you take eight to the eighth power that's where we get the 16 million number that russell and i referred to 16 million seven hundred seventy-seven thousand two hundred sixteen combinations to be exact that are possible combinations for each individual security. It looks at the 50-day moving average, the 90, the 120, and the 250-day moving average for every security. The, the, the simple moving average, double exponential, triple exponential moving averages as well for each security. And it looks at each one every month, and it tries to fit the best one to the security and trade it based on that. And that's why I think the software has been as successful as it has because it adapts. It doesn't just say we're going to use the 90-day moving average for every security, which is what most software programs do, I can tell you. They just apply one, whichever one you pick to all the securities all the time, and they don't ever change. This one changes for each security every month. Does that make sense? Well, and I think that would be my criticism, too, of just applying one standard because, one, I'm just a curious kind of guy, and I want to know what happened to you, 20, 50, 90, 120, whatever, whatever you pick. Right, because that that's going to tell you something, and it's going to help you make better decisions. And sometimes it'll maybe speed you up, sometimes it'll slow you down. But at least you know why you're doing what you're doing. Absolutely. And the strategy also takes us out of the market, tells us to exit the market based on three criterion primarily, which is the buy sell ratio, the institutional momentum, whether money's going into or out of the market, and then price decline in the in the market itself. So the strategy tries to react before. The market drops. It doesn't wait until the market drops and then react. It tries to react before the market drops. An example of this is in 2007. It took you out of the market completely in September of 07, which was six months to a year before the market right. really started to fall off. In January of 08, it started to fall off, but in July, it went off the cliff. Plummeted. Yeah, it started plummeting. <laughs> and so the this program got you out three months before things started to get bad, which I really like because the software I've always looked at always says, you know, if the market drops 5% or 10%, we'll take you out. But that means you've lost 5% or 10% already, if not more. You've already taken that hit. And I'd rather just avoid that hit up front, even though getting out is good, but I'd rather get out before I take the hit. Well, and not to put too fine of a point on it, but back in those days when we were talking about those things, you were, you were talking about this stuff before 
everything did fall off the cliff. Right. And, and therefore, you know, your clients didn't take that 35% hit like everybody else did. Right. And we try to, I always look at strategies that want to avoid the big down markets. I don't really consider strategies that are going to put me in a down market. I, I just want to be out. I want to be somewhere else. My clients are rather conservative and they don't like the idea of 10, 20% losses. It just doesn't appeal to them. And I can certainly understand why I, I can inclined to agree with them. The polymorphic momentum that this software uses is kind of like a custom made suit, you know, for each person, right? It fits like a glove and it fits the security like a glove. And that's what it's designed to do. And, you know, I, I've always joked that my son and I look alike, but yeah. we, we aren't fitting in the same clothes. I mean, Penn and Teller <laughs> can't do that kind of magic. I'm not going to fit in his clothing. I can tell you that it's just not going to happen. Uh, he's, and he's three inches shorter than I am too, to begin with. So it would be a little weird. And uh, a lot weighs a lot less than I do, a heck of a lot less than I do. So it's just not going to happen. So what we're trying to do here is adapt our algorithm to each security every month, rank the securities every month, and only own the top performing security, what we think is going to be the top performing security. We don't know because nobody knows, of course, but we're going to try to own the top security. We don't want to buy the bottom five or the bottom 10, bottom two, whatever it might be. Well, I don't know why anybody would want to own You're the bottom two. You're not trying to dollar cost average on that, are you? Right. No, and there's no point to it. And, and Wall Street thinks that if you buy a little bit of everything, you'll be okay. It, it would be like going to the grocery store and just randomly just buying one thing off of every shelf in the store and taking it just home. in case. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and just hoping that you're going to use all that stuff at some point. And really what you've done is just wasted a lot of time and money. Well, and you know, I liked, I also liked Steve's analogy about the Ferrari and the Pinto. They want you to buy the Pinto, even though they know it's a Pinto. <laughs> I mean, think about that. And they know there's broccoli in the grocery store. You well, know, and they know it's like buying broccoli. Well, just and like the Pinto, they know it's going to blow up on you. bamboo. I mean, what are you, <laughs> What are you going to do with that? Just, so, think, just think somebody someday said, Bob, let's start canning some bamboo. We'll sell this stuff. My wife insists it it's used in, in Chinese cooking, and I'm like, not to my knowledge, I've never eaten bamboo, but it, apparently it, it, that's the thing. Don't want to do it. If you have a horse race with 10 horses, Steve, they had the, which one was it yesterday? The Belmont? Was it Preakness? Uh, I don't know. One was, of them. I'm not a horse yeah. race guy. Okay. Was the, it was the last one. The one horse won the Triple Crown. Yes. I saw yeah. this morning. Triple Crown. Okay. If you have a horse race with 10 horses, Steve. How many horses win the race? One. One. So not all 10. Not all 10. Okay. Would you rather bet on the horse, like the one that won the Triple Crown yesterday, has not lost a race in his career? He hasn't ever lost a race. Justify was Justify. the horse. Okay. It was the Belmont State. He's never lost a race in his whole, whole career. Would you bet on him or would you bet on the horse number 10 that has never won a race in his whole career? I, I'm going with, with uh, Mr. Justified. Right. I mean, it's just common sense just tells you. This guy's probably more likely, this horse is more likely to win than the, the horse that's never won a race. In fact, he's finished dead last in every race he's been in his whole career. I mean, it's not hard to figure out which but, one's probably going to win. But, but, you know, I'm even going to go with the gambler's fallacy here. He's got to lose eventually. So, yes. But he's still probably going to be number two anyway. <laughs> right. And and I'll win 100 to one if, I, if he wins. If you'd like a free copy of today's book, a little book of stock market profits, call Dan's office at 918-398-8387. 918 918- Three nine eight eight three eight seven. Be sure and leave your name and address so Dan knows where to send the book. And I'm saying all that because we're out of time. You've been listening to Money Talk. We're live every Sunday from 10 to 11 on KRMG. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort.
Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.